minds in the game hosted by adam camilleri art of war down under hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this very special final part of the trio of chaos space ring goodness that we have brought you from art of war down under so this is part two of episode 103 and this is going to be a compilation episode so going back to a format that i have for these bigger codexes when we have something really thick really deep i like to get a bunch of different perspectives from a bunch of different people slap them all together for your listening pleasure and then send it out this one will be coming out free for everybody to give you guys a bit of a snapshot of what we do over here on the part twos i've got i think i've got about four possibly five different people coming on for the part two of this and they're all going to give us 10 to 20 minutes of their hot takes these are all Chaos Space Marine luminaries, faction specialist, and bang, bang, kicking us off with the first one, Mr. Mark Perry. Hello, brother. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and charge and honor the prince. <laughs> well, you are. So I had Anthony Velera on last week, and he's very much all upon the, uh, the Empress Children route, but I think he's playing a very similar list of the ones I've seen you playing so far. But before we get too deep into the mire there, give us how happy you are with this codex. I'm extremely happy with this codex. Like, not only, like, am I, like, one or two legions sticking out, but, like, almost every legion has its own unique things that the codex is going to age really well mm. because the amount of play and depth for each legion is very much there and the different techs and tools that you could take. And the units, like, yeah, the units are, like, who they are, but the, all the different loadouts you can give them and how each different legion plays them makes them give them a very different identity. Yeah. Um, so, like, book is awesome so i'm so excited and happy for it fantastic man i'm i'm here for it as well i think this is a book that they have needed for a very long time and it's it's fleshed out it's deep it's dynamic and like you said we're gonna we're gonna have builds for years coming out of this i mean like people are already talking about like how maybe empress children um and word bearers, possibly the best two of the bunch for different, very different environments. But then we've got Creations of Bile, Red Corsairs, Iron Warriors, Black Legion, just like waiting in the wings for a good reason, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, what's your? Let's talk about uh, what you're, what you've been playing with so far. Firstly, how many, how many games deep are you on the Codex? I'm probably about 20, 30 good quality Ooh. games in with the Codex. Wow, that is a lot. I have been just crunching them in. I got a bunch this weekend or this week, some and a couple every weekend for for a hot minute now. I've had some across the weeks against some friends. So, like, it's just been great. Yeah. Dude, a lot of drafts. <laughs> fantastic. What have you been playing mostly? Is it mostly Empress Children? It's mostly Empress Children because that's naturally the first one that came to me. Is like, this has the most play and most options. It's very technical and tactical. Uh, as I figured out the combos and how the Ever Legions wanted to play, because the Ever Legions had a more like, I need to build a list around a strategy versus like, Empress Children was very much more technical in how they could play. So like, I'm, I'm immediately doing that as I'm learning more and more about the Codex and what I can do. Dude, yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. It seems like Empress Children though are, are the are one of the more linear um, playstyles at the moment. I know, like I said, we had Anthony Vanilla on. He he loves the fight phase control that it brings. Do you see them as having more to bring to the table than just that kind of archetype, or what are you playing with at the moment as as the core of your lists? 
So I'm hyper MSU when it comes down to mine. Uh, yo, tag out. I just did a podcast as a main Art of War one. I just a generic Art of War talking about the Imperial Children thing. So if you want to in-depth thing, go click that out. But it's going with a MSU toolbox where nothing is stick out as powerful, deadly, and it's super flexible. It's based on the idea that I have Hellbirds, I have MSU squads of noise Marines. There's six units. There's bike squads. There's Love a quad it. launcher. And its idea is all this stuff is constantly active across the entire game, and it's all multi-rolled at the same time. Everything's flexible. Nothing is mono-dimensioned. Yeah, that's a big that's a big word you just said. Everything there is 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 active because you'll play a lot of games where you'll have like you know turns one and two. Maybe half your army is is inactive because it's it's merely units unable to close the distance, or you know they they'll they'll die if they if they move out, or it's shooting units unable to get angles. So what you're saying is you you play a huge swathe of different units, but they're they're all able to be active all the time. Yes, they can be doing one or two things for the current active board state. That is just whatever it may be. It, it, the bipolar could do exactly the opposite of what SCO could do, and the list could be active and rebuilding its strategy on that situation on the fly. So what? So you said you said you reeled off a couple of different units there. You reeled off uh, biker units. You reeled off a freaking quad launcher. What else is the core of your army, and, and what are your go-to HQs for Empress Children? So go-to HQs to knock that out because like the rest of the list really fills in with those units. You have a Dark Apostle. The Advantage Charge is pretty... It's, it's really powerful and you need it in the army for flexible plays. Again, the activity and projecting threats. I like Benedition of Darkness uh, for the light cover aura if you're wholly within six of him. Mm. That's really big for bikes, noise marines, and helpers. For those, for those of you who don't know, Mark has been good enough to record with me while he's at ATC. So he's literally on site at ATC. He's going to be playing Drop and Dice tomorrow at the event. So we're very lucky to have him here, and uh, very happy to have him along. His adventures are just getting started. But yeah, continue. Uh, Hellbrutes, man. What the hell? What are you doing? Hellbrutes. So, what? you kind of remember the old-fashioned, like, Chaos Dread, or not Chaos Dread, Iron Hand Dreads that Nick used to play in his Dread, Dread Toolbox yeah. uh, back yeah. in the like, end of 19 and so forth? It works a lot the same way. I can look at a single Hellbrut, 125 points. It could do a Heroic. You can get it to T8. You can get it to 5 of Female Pain. You could heal it. Uh, it's just so much stuff. It can advance and charge in that army because it's core. It's on a smaller 16 mil base. It brings a little extra multi-melt to the army. The Power Scourge is an awesome weapon when you consider it for children, not having hit modifiers. With the high number of attacks, it's six is our extra AP. And it's just, it's it's a lot of, I have a lot of initiation units between them, between Hellbrutes and the Bikes, where I never have to commit my Noise Marines until you have to commit into killing yep. units that are tougher than they should be at a cheap cost. Okay, I get you, I get you. Um, it, it, it sounds pretty good. It sounds like something that comes together to be much more than the sum of its parts. Uh, where do you sit on the Noise Marine front? Um, I know a lot of people have been saying and a, a bit down about the lack of really potent or well-rounded uh, Chaos Space Marine shooting options. Yeah, how do Noise Marines fit into that for you? To me, if they fit as a you know that multiple from hurl, but they the Blastmaster. So when you have six Blastmasters in your army, I have two typically in a Dread Claw drop pod, and then four on board, and they activate like two five mans and like little positions so I can get flanks. Mm -hmm. And that the Blastmasters add a level of shooting that Chaos just never quite had like that before. Yeah, because you're either getting turn one if you really see the Alpha Strike or a really powerful ability, you can drop uh, eighteen exploding sixes. Strength 8, minus 3, 3 to 4 damage, up to AP 4 if you roll 6 is the wounds, 
uh, shots. I could just drop a lot of, like, that could drop thousands of Terminators, even through the minus one damage. Yeah. Same thing with De- Death Guard Terminators. You could drop knights with all of that together, too. And that's a lot of firepower that's at a long range that's hard to interact with. Nah, good. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to hear you've got you found some shooting options that you that you like. Because yeah, like I said, there's quite a few people out there who are uh, bit bit down a bit down on it. And I, th- I think there's options out there. All right. So talking about some things that maybe you don't like about the codex, is there anything in particular that you wish was a little bit better, or you you kind of worried you're not going to be able to cover because you don't have it? Um, for me, really, like the biggest thing that makes me a little worried is um, man, like. It's like the amount of H2 slots that I want, but I can't have. To me, I feel like I have all the tools in this book to build for any meta or anything that I want to do. I have the tools. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes me a little worried sometimes is some of the legions lack a little AP. Like, I wish that, like, uh, you know, if you made the bolt weapons, if you have the Reaper chain cannons as bolt weapons, they can use the utility strap to give them plus one AP. That would be cool. Yep. Um, and it's like... The power is not missing. It's it's making sure that you have the right amount of like trash units ratioed in with main power units. Mm. And Foltis um, and mutants still do their things. Spawn do their things, but they don't sometimes just skirmish well. Those guys generally don't win fights on their own. So you have to like. I wish I had a little bit of ways to make them fight a little bit more independent. Okay. But at the same time, yeah. I think that's a design. Yeah. I think you- that's a chaos base spring design. Yeah, it feel it actually what you're describing there. It feels like what Space Marines do, where like you just need character support for just damn near everything these days. Um, which yeah. it's, it's 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 not amazing. Uh, so yeah, you, you're wanting more self-sufficient units like Asuriani have, like Tyranids have, like you know, what what aura does a, Tyr- a Leviathan Tyranid warrior really need? <laughs> you know, they're they're pretty yeah. good by yeah. themselves. Um, in your matchups, in your plays so far, where what matchups have you found Chaos Space Marines really excel? Firstly, and then we'll talk about some maybe you feel like you struggle in. Chaos Space Marines, I feel, excel really well into other Marines. When you have six Blastmasters, that's a high amount of shots. But also, Emperor's Children definitely have that, I'm a shooting army, I'm a melee army, I'm a very fast-moving army. So I can really exploit bad positions. Yep. I'm very tactical in the flooring. feel crazy good in other power armor. Yeah, I think all Chaos Space Marines just hit so much harder, but they mm. just edge out where like i could take a five-man squad swinging on two over five-man squads of space marines and pick them up or just not cripple them then it's like the matches that i get a little sometimes worried about maybe like eldar is always a game i feel like but it's not like a bad match it's like eldars just this is what eldar gives hmm. Custodes feel confident in. it's like nibs i'm a little worried about because it used to be like mass nib warriors give me a little nervousness because like it used to be an easy way to get around that transhuman so we had lightning claws all over the place, and now yeah. we don't have the lightning claws. So I have to handle that situation very differently, and I haven't quite ran into that and trying to find that answer. Oh, uh, that just gives me that power swing into that. So like, it still worry me a little bit. Mm. You have good anti-psychic, decent durability, good melee. You're fast. I feel like it's a good natural counter for chaos space brings that it has been for a long time. Fair. Uh, yeah, I. I- I can see where you're coming from with that. Also, you're absolutely right. The um, the Astartes on Astartes matchup just feels like it's in the Chaos Space Marines' favor more more often than not, which is interesting. Yeah, and, and really, just yeah, yeah. It, feel, it feels like it's really well, well weighted. How do you feel about some of the um the other swinging matchups we're starting to see here, there, and everywhere? Say knights. Knights, like so, like I've played like two games of the like knights with Chaos now. 
And like I hit so hard that I've just kind of melted them. Yep. Um, but I haven't had too many problems with them, but I do sometimes worry about it because like I just don't know if like do I make a mistake? And the question is like when I make a mistake, how hard am I gonna get punished for it? And that could be very real. That's something I have to see going forward. It's like make your thing is like, okay, cool, you got hit by that cat or by any night army, you're getting slapped by it. Ask yourself, what, why were you in that position to get slapped by it, right? Yeah. So I have to experience that to see that recovery. Like I feel like Chaos Base Marines is a very good book in the way that it rewards really good, janky, powerful positions and not making mistakes. But as soon as you start making mistakes, it's like Elder, where things can spiral out of control very quickly. Very quickly, yeah. That's, that's a really good way of saying it. All right, mate. So what are some other... So right now, Empress Children is your bay, is your number one list. What are some other archetypes or lists you're excited to, to try in the future? So I got some crazy Black Legion stuff I'm working on. Fantastic. And like the combos there are so real. You can get such scary units that are hard to deal with. Why getting a forward position and just pressuring? Uh, Abaddon's a force miter fire. Just he's he's a monster. We all know this. Yeah. yeah. Um, working on my world leaders because that's also one of my fa- that's my favorite legion, and it's it's hard. It's it's like you know I'm enjoying just developing it and find a little pieces here, a little text there, and so forth. And that one's you know um, that one's got a lot of cool little options in there. Of uh, that just. They feel like Blood Angel, you know, they're Blood Angel Chaos Space Marines with, like, anti-psychic built-in and uh, a good solid troop. You know, Berserkers are awesome units and Helldrakes are cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you said that. Uh, So Black Legion, do you think, will be the second place you go once you've either had enough or find uh, Emperor's Children not scratching your itch? Yeah, Black Legion's where it's at because, like, I have a long history of playing like crazy combo builds and just trying yeah. to find the wackiest things to work. And Black Legion offers that being able to swap out your Legion traits, mm-hmm. all the different God marks, and Abaddon just makes any unit terrifying. Like Rubik Marines yeah. and Plague Marines and Black Legion armies is just ridiculously cool. I totally agree, dude. Um, awesome. Well, I'll leave you to it. Thank you so much for coming on. That'll that'll do us for this segment. Much appreciate your time, mate. Hopefully, um, ATC is really good to you. It's a shame ATC didn't let the new codex in, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm big Sam, but you know, <laughs> I'm still here for a good time. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have a great time. Look forward to hearing about your exploit, mates. And yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Any 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 parting message you'd like to leave us leave us with about CSM? Like anything people should really be scared of when they play against Empress Children? Do you focus on your movement phase and say you're gonna play a five turn game. Don't try to blow them out. As soon as you make a mistake against the first children, they can clap you back real bad. Fantastic. I love it, mate. Thank you very much. Have a great night and thanks again for coming on. And we are back for the second segment of our part two. Dean's rejoining us again. You guys remember Dean from part one, if you've just come from there. We've just finished hearing about Mark Perry's Empress Children shenanigans. I'm recording this on a different day from when I recorded with Mark. So, But we're here to talk with Dean, um, get his hottest of hot takes, what he's using, what he's enjoying. Now, Dean, you were playing Empress Children pretty religiously i guess in the previous book but you are in you are a world eaters man at heart so feel free to speak to yes. world eaters in any context you'd like interject them we know there's a codex coming but if you want to speak to them by all means do i'm sure there's plenty of people out there who would love that but best competitive archetype in your mind coming out of this codex space chaos space marines okay all right so i'll probably start off by saying that um i've have been playing mostly world eaters um out of this book just because I'm yet to develop 
fully robust list that I'm happy with. So I'm sort of just playing the world is stuffing around, testing out different units whilst on the sidelines, you know, doing my research and coming up with the, the best competitive archetype. I actually think it's going to be Iron Warriors are going to come out on top. Either Iron Warriors with a big unit of Terminators, a bunch of characters in the middle, and then a bunch of demon engines. Yep. And then running around with that, because that way you're getting the same combinations that we talked about in part one, which with the, um, the Master of Possessions, he can buff up the Terminator unit to make it practically unkillable. But then also when he warp marks something, you're getting utility with all your other demon engines. Yes. So when they all target it as well. So I think that combination pairs really well, where you can create that really tough, durable unit and also have supporting elements that gain utility from that. What is Iron Warriors? Why is Iron Warriors itself give you that makes that package worth taking? I know I know people probably know by now, but unpack it for us. What, what's the what's the Iron Warriors rules doing to make that make that better than others? One of them is, and this is this has been already been FAQ'd, so it's different than in the book. Um, but they basically you can't re-roll to wound against them. Oh, it's so it's so good, isn't it? Which is which makes those ter- takes those terminators to the next level. Well, it's one of the few. Because- it's, it's one of the few. Um, legions that has a defensive and offensive buff built into their special yeah. rules because they ignore cover innately still yeah yes correct um so yeah that's that's one of the things that makes iron warriors just really good because the, a lot of the times a lot of the damage that's coming your way is going to be small arms fire that's re-rolling wounds yeah um but being able to just be like no nah, you can't re-roll to wound me that that makes them really strong um the other things that iron warriors have is they've got a warlord trait which allows those terminators to be objective secured Oof. Yep. which is massive because an unkillable unit that's in the center of the table and objective secured, and it's a big unit because they're big bases, you can string out across multiple objectives. Uh-huh. Um, that's going to be really powerful. They also have access to a neg- negative one damage for the Terminators, which nobody else has. Yikes. <laughs> so now when somebody's like, okay, I guess small arms fire is no longer an option. No. So I'm going to hit you with those those big guns. Well, neg one damage mean, and your three wounds with um, if you put delightful agonies on them, you got a five yep. up feel no pain. Yep, it's it, it's really it, and that that one's obviously reactive as well, so you don't always have to do it. But well, a lot of the time, just looking at the, the defensive potential of your units is like, well, is is it worth it? <laughs> is it worth it to even try yeah, exactly. shooting that unit, um, or just yeah. do I try and circumnavigate it some other way? Uh, I'm interested. You so they're still um, in that build. They're still Michael Sonesh. You still want the advance and charge option. I'm assuming you still want to. Yes, um, the, I believe so. Yeah. Do you, so this is a, this is a cool little <laughs> to discuss. Do you rate um, delightful agonies and the package Sonesh offers you over Nurgle for a defensive build? Uh, well, it depends on that Terminator unit. Absolutely, and the reason that I say that is because the the mark of Nurgle's neg one to wound essentially if you're within certain breakpoints yeah that that will rarely stack with the black rune of damnation true which is a relic that you give to the terminator sergeant which makes that unit innately neg one to wound at all times yep if you're if you're giving them that black rune then you probably don't necessarily need the mark of nurgle yeah that makes sense um, to me the, the, I mean, I guess the argument would be that if you do have that, then if somebody goes in and goes, cool, I'm going to put plus one to wound on my unit, they could negate your neg one to wound. Yeah. But if you have this, you have potentially in certain breakpoints, you're going to have negative two to wound. So even if yeah. they have plus one to wound, like Blood Angels charge you or something like that, mm-hmm. you're yeah, still neg one to wound. I so, do I do love that. It, it almost feels like it's the... um. The, the mirror match breaker, like, oh, well, you took Marcus Slash, I took Nurgle, baby. I am double minus one. So 
screw yeah. you, my Termes are actually better than yours in the mirror match. But I agree with you. I think yeah. Slanesh is the better, way better all-rounder. And Fights First just will come up every now and then and be awesome. Correct. Yeah, so the Fights First comes up and also being able to advance and charge is huge on a, a unit that's as slow as Terminators. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, so you think that's probably where we're going to land with the, the best competitive archetype. I know I have made a bit of to-do about the the corn lot of skulls and i actually played against your one uh, a couple weekends ago and was thoroughly freaking impressed now in i'm worries that guy can be essentially a pseudo unit of terminators right because he can become borderline unkillable to a lot of armies correct yeah so you could run an i'm warriors list that has the terminator which is essentially the list that you and i played with yeah. but we played it as world eaters because i'm just playing around but <laughs> yeah, yeah. you could have made that you could have made that an i'm warriors um list yeah. and literally changed nothing like you actually save points because you don't have to put the mark of corn on everything, and then you can take that Lord of Skulls. And now he's really tough. Like your paladins are not killing him. No, you know, no, no. If they no. can't reroll to wound against yeah. him, and if the if I had the the Dark Apostle in the list, so you can't reroll to hit against those oh, Terminators. You, you're not killing those Terminators it's either. Nuts, man! How much how much def- defensively that list goes up. Um, yeah. when you talk about this book holistically as a, as a whole package, what do you think is the biggest strengths of it? Uh, the biggest strengths are those combos. So, and it's really funny because the when the, the in the old CSM book, the biggest strength was the combos. Was right? the combos? Yeah, it was it was the comboing of strats and relics and warlord traits and all of that together to make one unit go absolutely crazy. And everybody was saying, "Oh, they're going to get rid of that. They're going to make it like you know every other codex where you don't have all these multiple layers of stacking buffs." But they've actually just doubled down, in my opinion. <laughs> Yep. And they've just gone, oh, you guys like combos? Here you go. <laughs> you know, like, here's some combos. So I think that's the biggest strength. Yep. Um, and I do think also the biggest strength is the, the durability of this codex is going to be crazy in certain builds where your opponent is just going to break on you like waves over rocks and they're just yep. going to, they're not going to damage you. The challenge is going to be how do you deal with opponents like Gene Stealer Cult and stuff like that where they're yep. not trying to damage you? They're just going to go, cool, I've got obsec everywhere. I'm all over the objectives. I'm scoring all of my secondaries. Yeah, I'm that, scoring that's, yours. That's, that's mm. an age-old story since you know, since the dawn of 40K was that you know, yeah. you've got your aggressive list beat defensive. But def- well, you know, no, sorry, aggressive lists lose to defensive, but defensive lose to those mission-oriented lists. Yeah, so, uh, so, so it looks like your list wants to force a commitment from your opponent. Yeah, You want to put yourself into a, in a position through the movement phase where your opponent is going to lose unless they commit. Yes. But, just, but we already unpacked it in part one. You don't think the secondary game is strong enough to force that on some armies. There are some armies where they're just like, oh, whatever. I'm just going just gonna to keep doing what I'm doing. Cool. My, my ceiling yep. is like 95 this game. Yours is 75 this game. Whatever. I'm just going to go about my business. Um, Correct. And, but but when you can force that commitment, it's it's absurd, right? It's just like, yeah. whoa, what do I do? Yeah, I think this. I think the Chaos Space Rings will pair really well into things that have low model count because yes, then yeah. they're, they're not going to get that edge against you. Yep. You're going to be able to go, cool, well, I've got obsec terminators on this objective. I've got, you know, various other elements running around and you can't just flood me. Yeah. I think you, that'll work well. You can't roadblock and circumnavigate, you know, tie them up and go yeah. around them, that kind of stuff. And so we already kind of, so the next next question was the biggest weaknesses, but we already kind of touched on that in saying, you know, things like GSC, that things like Drakari as well, where they can just be like, well, I'm just going to take her the prey and, get my 15 there and you know take some other dumb crap that means i don't actually need to fight you uh yeah because that's what i feel like that's the biggest weakness right you play against somebody who doesn't need to come get you and the big to me the biggest weakness is you don't have a shooting phase to force them to come get you correct yeah 
I mean, you can play this game very like this um, this codex very aggressively, right? Yeah, you can just go cool. You you aren't going to come and get me, but I'm on your doorstep turn two. Like I'm just going to move in advance up into the center of the table. Yeah. Then you have one turn to deal with me, and then I'm going to come and get you. Uh, but if your opponent has lots of disposable units, that's not going to work. Correct. How how do you mitigate the fact that you don't have a good shooting phase? Like how can we? What what? Where do you go? And where do you look in the book or inside yourself in your soul to say, okay, I need I need something that's gonna threaten a shooting phase? Is, what's the unit yeah, well, the, to your mind? This is what this is why like. I think Iron Warriors are probably still going to edge out as better, but this is why I'm probably going to start experimenting with Emperor's Children again. Yep. Uh, just because those those little five man units of Noise Marines, dude, yeah. they're actually they're actually really good. They they do serious damage with shooting, and they get the 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 um destruction exploding sixes from turn one. Yep. So they're actually providing value, and they're more obsec bodies that can run around do actions interact with your opponent's primary and sort of try to, to shorten that gap between your score and theirs. Yeah. So I can't remember if it was Mark or if it was Anthony last week, but one of the gentlemen mentioned they've, they've started putting one unit of Havocs in. I know I know what you said about the small units of, of, of Noise Marines. Literally, Mark just finished saying that like 20 minutes ago. It was just like, I like three or four units of five Noise Marines with a Blastmaster. Yeah. Can't remember if he was paying for the Sonic Bolters or not. I don't know if I asked, but um, he's on that train too. And I, I agree with that. First and foremost, they're a beautiful screen clearer and they pack a heavy weapon that can threaten anything. Um, yeah. And just that threaten anything weapon... If you can take it, spam it. It's good. Continue. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then the other thing that the uh, the Emperor's Children do really, really well, probably better than any other faction in the game, is they have always fights first on every yep. unit in the army, yep. and then they have multiple sources of fights last. So those two pair together so well because it means that, like, pre- previously, if you charge somebody and you go, "Cool, I'm going to make you fight last," and they look mm-hmm. at you and go, "Yeah, well, I'm going to make you fight last." <laughs> and now you, you both fight last, which means yeah. you're in that middle bracket, and yeah. they get to pick who goes first. So if exactly. you go in and you charge, you get beaten. Whereas now you go, "Well, I'm going to make you fight last." They make you fight last, but you ignore that because yeah. you always fight first. Yeah. So now you actually get to strike them before they strike you. So it's, all of those yeah. lists, like the Sisters of Battle combat armies, mm-hmm. and, you know, Necron are doing a lot of combat heavy stuff with the Silent King forcing people to fight last. And there's lots of that sort of stuff running around the Space Marines with their, um, whatchamacallit guy. Judiciary. Yeah, Judica. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so much of that stuff around. And, and if you're a combat heavy army, which CSM are, like they just don't have the shooting punch to really do that much damage, then being able to just know that they can't they can't ruin you with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's They're true. really strong. Yeah, they can't ruin so you. So I think that the Emperor's children, they don't have the durability of the Iron Warriors, but they do have durability so, in the way that they can make people fight last, which is yeah. effectively a source of durability. So. I, yeah, I like it when you I like you saying that's a source of durability. And it's um if you can't be like, I mean, this this is the Tau thing, yeah. If you Tau, ah, oh, cool. I can't be good in the in the fight phase, so I might as well be oppressively good in the shooting phase. Um, this yeah. is this is what Empress Children is like. I can't have an amazing, uh, you know, other phases, so I might as well have the most messed up, over the top, crazy fight phase like shenanigans yeah. you've ever seen. Um, spicy tech we might see one day in the future, mate. So I think we went through a lot of like the the Master of Possession Terminator combo. You will see that a lot. Yeah. So, so start planning for how you're going to deal with that. Because yep. even something like the Empress Children, they still like you don't need to be Iron Warriors for it to be crazy. You know, it can be crazy with everyone. Yeah. Um, 
other spicy tech is going to be possessed. They're, they're, I mean, there's nothing particularly spicy or interesting about them, but they're just a really point-sufficient unit. Mm. 28 points for a you know, toughness 5, 3 wound armor of contempt model that goes out with 5 Pretty attacks good. for damage too. Like, it's just, what the... What? You know, like, how is that a unit? So you'll see them everywhere. Um, and yeah, for me, I, I think that the... The, if you if you're a relatively new player or a relatively you know um, developing player, Iron Warriors are going to be really good because you can sort of you can use their dur- durability to shore up any mistakes that you might make. Exactly right. But if you're a, if you're a veteran and you're 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 you know highly developed, I think the Emperor's Children is going to be the play because you've got so many more tools. You've got access to some quality shooting with the Noise Marines, and then you've got access to domination of the fight phase. And then you've got movement shenanigans with Honor the Prince. Prince yeah, I think it's just it's it's that's going to be a list that, that functions in every phase of the game. Yep, and is going to be able to pull surprises on your opponent. Mm. That being said, it's going to play it's going to play very much like a bad version of Sisters of Battle. <laughs> like they, they, uh, their miracle brutal. dice do the same thing that do we the do, same but thing. just better. Yeah, and their combat true. damage is like ours, but just better. We're Although- just a, a slightly tougher, but slightly less. But fights last really annoys them, like really annoys them. But the thing is, yes, they, can, they, they can still have quite a respectable shooting phase, whereas you can't. Like they, if they want to, they can just sit back and just be just wait for Morven Vile tunes of Retributors and a single Castigator to do like yes. three turns of work on you. Um, yeah. All right. So personal favorite lists slash units. So your personal favorite archetype that you like, you dream of running and doing well with, and then your one or two favorite units in the whole CSM. Everything. Well, it's really interesting because I, I ran Emperor's Children with great success for the last pretty much two years. Yep. And I was really excited thinking, oh, yeah, this, this new codex is going to come out and I'm going to be able to finally break free from the Emperor's Children. <laughs> because when it, comes to, when it comes to the narrative, I'm a World Eaters fan, true and true. And I really, really want to play World Eaters. So when they got their White Dwarf supplement and the new codex, I was like, okay, this is the time to give them a, a red hot go. Uh, the Berserkers are actually surprisingly good. I was impressed. I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed when they first came out. I was like, oh, they lost double fight. They lost this. They, you know, but they did pretty good. They do pretty good work and they're cheap, relatively cheap little units that you can put in a rhino and you can sling them out at five berserkers, which go in and mince something small. Yeah. And they're obsects that sit on objectives and they're slightly harder to push off than they were previously. So yeah, that, that world eaters combo with the, the Lord of skulls and a bunch of rhinos full of berserkers is pretty fun. Mm. Uh, but I, unfortunately I don't think it's going to be, winning any tournaments any day soon uh and then i was like okay so if i do an actual if i actually try and i dig through this codex what is actually good i'm like god damn it it's empress children (laughs) (laughs) i'm still on the bloody empress children you are i love it uh creations of bile also gets an honorable mention Uh, because they're always fights on death makes them such a pain for your opponent to deal with i think they're so crazy some people are saying that they fear they're gonna get the the dark harlequins treatment um, where, yeah, because you know, Dark Harley's only fight back on a four plus or whatever, um, and that would that would mean they're crap, unfortunately. Um, Correct. Yeah. Well, last... well, the Dark Harley's is just they do a model wound. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Like, so yeah, it's it's even if worse. that it's happens, the creations of bile is just in the bin. It's in the bin. But um, even if they lost that, they do still have plus one strength and plus one movement army wide. Yeah, which is pretty good. It's not nothing. Mm. Um, so, so last question before we wrap this segment up is a bad end too good and I think you this is a, this is a question I'm going to be putting to everybody I actually forgot to put this question to Mark apologies but uh, yeah we've already kind of unpacked this in part one but I just wanted to ask you again mate is he too good does he need a nerf or is he just fine 
I don't think he needs an earth. If he copped one, I'd accept it. Like if he went from 300 to like 330 or 340, you'd probably still consider taking him. Yep. But I think all of those people that are complaining that he is too good, they need to just actually understand the way this unit works and play around it. Because yes, he's going to kill anything he can touch, but he's so slow. You get to choose what he touches. What he touches. So just make sure that he's tied up killing stuff you don't care about. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you've got a rhino in your list, cool, disembark your unit of whatever, your repenture, they go off and charge the possessed or the terminators or whatever, and then the rhino charges Abaddon. Yes. You know? Yeah. Or just blocks or the his heroic. Or sits right yeah. in front of him, and his base is so big. If you sit right in front of him, that's actually a huge chunk of his movement that's taken mm-hmm. away. Yeah. So, and you, you just small things like that just to, uh, just to push Abaddon into that, that corner and make him slow and insignificant. Yep. If, if you can do that to him. He's not that scary. He's going to kill two or three things that you choose. Mm-hmm. I also love the idea of you just, if you have like a Thunderfire cannon effect where your Harvey's moving, just like half move, Abby, just stay over there. Yeah. Move three inches. I don't want to, I don't want to see you. Um, that, yeah. that kind of stuff's really funny. But see, here's, this is discussion, yeah, because I, I still think he's the best single model in the game because I think of that as in a vacuum. Like this guy has the best data sheet in the game. Uh, but then when you put, when you, you make a really good case when you put him into the context of what he actually does for the army. I think a lot of the time a Lord Disco is going to give you just as much, if not better. Um, yeah. But mind you, if you're already taking a Disco in the Nephilim economy, you can't really justify taking a second. Abaddon is just bang, bada bing, bada boom, take him. He's freaking phenomenal uh, for that build. And But even if you look at, say, say you've got Abaddon, right? Compare him to a unit of 10 possessed, right? Because that's yep. roughly the same points cost, right? Sure, he's way harder to kill than that 10 possessed. But that 10 possessed goes in, they've got a massive move, and they do way more damage than he does. Yeah. Can and you, you can advance and charge. They're harder to... You can advance uh, and charge, yes, Abby. Yeah, he's Michael Sinesh. You can take, yeah, you can take the, the prayer. Yep. If you, if you take the prayer, yes. Yep. That's actually pretty good. But, I mean, often you're going to want to be advancing and charging a big unit onto an objective somewhere. Correct. Not just Abaddon on his own. So, I don't know. I think he is, he is very good, but... Like, I've just wrote an Emperor's Children list that I think is, is going to be a, a strong contender at an upcoming tournament. doesn't have Abaddon in it. There you go. That's exciting. Dude, so, well, I'm, I'm I was just like, if I, bring, if I bring him, I have to drop an entire, like, three units. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I can fit Abaddon, or I can fit two units of Noise Marines with, Sonic Bla- with Blastmasters in a Rhino and three single units of Chaos Spawn. Yep, okay. All, all of that. And- and when you talk it's about the, the biggest issue you think facing this army is the scoring ability, like maybe yeah. taking Abby, Abby out for just a bunch of MSU bits and pieces is just better. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, now I've got, I can like push the whole army forward and those three chaos spawn can just sort of make sure that the back, back line is screened so they can't drop in on me. And I can hold my backfield objective with a single 25 point spawn instead of wasting yeah. one of my, my bigger units yep. holding that objective. Well, so this is, I, I was joking in a in a teams chat and being like, why don't we just take Abby and like just a bunch of you know renegade knights and like war dogs and stuff because like nothing is going to defend your backfield better than Abaddon ab- ab- standing behind a wall yeah. like what deep strikes there and even like makes his hair move in threat level yeah exactly like he's just, he's just yeah, like I actually think oh, whatever, Abaddon bro. is going to be seeing a little bit more play outside of the. CSM well, I, I look at I look at Magnus and I'm like in a T Suns build, one of the conventional T Suns builds at the moment. I'm like Abaddon is just better than Magnus in the in the T Suns build. You like just take yeah. Magnus out, put Abby in, Abby and two bricks of Terminators. You're like, oh my god, this is horrible. <laughs> this is terrifying. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so 
yeah, we're yeah, gonna. I think he's he's very good, but he's not too good. Uh, fair enough. There is there is the answer from Mr. Dean Sinbeck. And on that note, we're going to wrap up this segment. We'll be joined next up by one of our two other lovely gentlemen to discuss their hot takes. But Dean, thank you very much again for coming on. Thanks for coming on for part one as well. Please check him out on Blog for the Blood God and some of the beautiful YouTube co- YouTube stuff because you're just getting started with like the unpacking of this codex, aren't you? On your yeah, YouTube correct. Content. So there's yeah. a lot of people that wanted me to get stuck straight in, but I was like, no, I actually want to fully read it, fully digest it, yeah, fully understand it test out a few elements before I start just generating content. I don't want to just read data sheets to people. Uh, like I want to do stuff like what we've just done here, where you're actually deep diving and you're talking about it in detail. So yeah, yeah I've just started sort of putting out some videos with some of the various combos, some of the various strategies, some of the various lists that I think are going to uh, do well. Yep. And uh, yeah, I've still got plenty to go. So Well, dude, thank you very much. Once again, please go and support Dean all his endeavors. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in. Hopefully you're enjoying uh, this episode. We'll be right back with our next guest. Take care. And we are back with our third segment. I was hit up by a gentleman. He was just like, Oi, I love Chaos Space Marines. I'd love to be part of the episode. I'd love to get on and give my hot takes. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to get you on. This gentleman's name is uh, Connor Beninati. He is a Chaos Space Marines luminary, been playing him since 5th, die hard, love it. This is the kind of people who we want to hear from, people who are just like die in the road, foxhole buddies with their CSM codexes. Connor, welcome to the show. How you doing, mate? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. My, uh, no, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for hitting me up. This is exactly what I want these episodes to be every now and then. I'll get some well-known names. And then I just want to get some people who are just ultra-passionate about this codex, people who are just going to be bang. I don't care what else comes out for the next like three years. These are my babes. I'm going to be playing them as my main, oh, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about passion. I'm, I'm going to be administering pain with this codex too. Don't, oh, don't you worry. If anybody's paid attention to the last two gentlemen, like I said, we just had Mark Perry and Dean Sinbeck on. And it's, this is going to be a cool episode because Mark's are roundabouts from the same region as you in the States, but then we've got a, a Dean, who's from Australia. We're going to have Vladi, hopefully, on later, who's from Poland. And so we're going to get like three different countries' opinions and perspectives on this book. But first and foremost, my man, what was your impressions of this um, of this Chaos Space Marines Codex when you first got it? What did you feel like? How, how did you feel about it? And uh, what are your thoughts now? Well, I had um, probably, I could fill an entire episode with <laughs> some information, some thoughts, and kind of predictions that I had coming into the Codex that I wanted to see change. Yep. And, you know, because the old one was just such a mess, even when it first came out, just fundamental, the rules of the army just, you know, it was really hard to play on the tabletop and things didn't quite come together in a kind of cohesive way. Um, But this one I loved, you know, they still have the marks that can be a little tricky to keep track of on the table. But overall, this feels like, you know, probably since six CSM haven't had a cohesive army. They've needed to soup stuff in. And this feels like a standalone army. It has great rules all over the mm. book. And, you know, you just take data sheets, use Warlord traits, apply stratagems and go. You don't need any kind of crazy soupy nonsense. That was a great point you just hit on there because, uh, I, like, my experience, because I've I was I've jumped over to play um, 40K when Fantasy went the way of the Dodo. And so my experience of Chaos Space Marines for the vast majority of the time I've been playing is that they are the core or a 
part of a soup faction. They were always a bit player. When I first like really got into competitive at the middle and end of 7th edition, Chaos Space Marines was literally just a bunch of sorcerers that you chucked in with a demon army to make the Cabal Star. You know, that was the extent of which people played Chaos Space Marines. And that's gone through various different iterations. And there always seemed like there was something wonky to try and play as a mono. So as someone who was a die-in-the-road Chaos Space Marines player, you just felt like, I felt bad because you couldn't play 2,000 points of your army. You felt like you had to play... 1500 500 points of it depending on you know what what kind of meta you were in so you feel like this is a good mono build um codex well of, of course for sure absolutely and i mean the other thing the other perspective that you're speaking to is when you used to play those armies it's like okay this possess unit has like how many buffs it's just impossible yeah. to play against yeah i think this is going to be a lot of fun for csm players that use the army and for their opponents as well so Beautiful. big thumbs up for the book it's not without its problems, mm-hmm. um, but I think that I'd give it, you know, a B plus, A minus. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, playability and actually hitting the tables, it's it's a huge win. Fantastic. So, all right, your hottest, or what do you think is going to end up being the best competitive archetype coming out of this book? What what Legion is it, and what kind of is the core of the build, do you think? Uh, well, for sure, I think... I think all the archetypes are going to be melee focused armies. They're going to have almost all of them, I think, are going to have a strong kind of core of uh, you know durability with yep, the yep. layering defensive buffs you can get. I think e- Emperor's Children EC will have that more in uh, the you know fights last, yeah. fights first yep. on your side type of uh, suite instead of just like five up funeral pains and um, you know trans hitmen and stuff like that. But um, for sure, that'll be the archetype spread across. In terms of specific legions, you know, it's it's tough to really go against the grain. People are loving word bearers, emperor's mm-hmm. children, and uh, black legion, and I tend to fall. You know, I, I see where the power is with those. Um, so I definitely have to say that I'm working on um, word bearers right now. I've nice. got my models built, my venom yep. crawlers, which uh, not only were they not on the shelf, they weren't even built for like <laughs> you know, since they've come out. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, so I'm I, really I, excited to get those built. I'm the same. And I I'm know. I know Chaos Space Marine players who just have like three or four Venom Crawlers unbuilt sitting on a shelf, like just, just under the bed in a box because they just never were worth building because they got three of those, whatever they were. Were they start collecting boxes or were they um one of the campaign books that they came out with? You know, it was like it was them versus Admech or some crap. I can't remember. But um, yeah. Yeah, they're in the start collecting boxes. Adam, I've had probably a grand of unbuilt Chaos Space Marines waiting for this book to come out, <laughs> just ready to go. I had three star collecting boxes. I had 10 Terminators. I had another 10 just unbuilt in boxes. I was oh, ready to go for this book. Those models are so cool as well. It's a sh- it was a shame that we never there was never a reason to put them on there unless you were oh, playing there's, as Empress There's Children. reason now. Don't worry. Now, oh, my Lord. So Legion-wise, so you think Word Bearers – I am of the opinion Word Bearers is probably number one for just straight-line power because that Legion trait is just so jacked, right? It's so powerful. Yeah, for sure. And that this is my first hot take. Some people – you know, are kind of ragging on CSM. Certainly the book does have weaknesses. It wouldn't be, you know, a good release if you couldn't see the weaknesses. Um, but no matter how you want to break it down, I mean, CSM have some of the best rules in the game. Oh, I would great. go and put Word Bearer's Legion trait in a vacuum, in context, whatever, against any other trait in the game. Yep. It's better. Like, it oh, is insanely good. I can't argue with that, man. I can't think of one that's that's anywhere near as good as what that provides. Right. Like, and that wow. doesn't make a winning list. Um, but, you know, it, you know, 
that's there. They have that. So the that's only, where it started from. The only one I would have put up against it has just been nerfed. I think the Hail of Doom ignore cover was as good in a vacuum, but now it doesn't exist anymore. So that right. word bearer is uh, insurmountable. Exactly. Um, and, you, and when you know you have to put that in context too, you know they don't get they Eldar didn't use well they still don't get strats they don't get unique yes, warlord exactly. traits with that so yeah I mean good point but still I, I like that trait a lot and uh, it's not like word bears have weak relics or warlord no. traits so the strats are amazing as well there. it's a whole package um, so this this is exciting because so for, in the first one of course Mark Perry he's all about Empress Children Dean Sinbeck yeah. got to number one in the world playing Empress Children in the previous book but he's most excited for world eaters but he thinks that Iron Warriors will end up being possibly the best when it's all said and done because if if you if you if you're making it out that like Chaos Space Marines have to play a melee game well. The Iron Warriors will survive the longest and therefore have the most chances to get into melee, um, sure. was, I think was part of his perspective. But we haven't had a, the deep dive on word bearers yet. So what's your build look like? What do you think your best kind of word bearers core archetype looks like, mate? So I'm just, it's it's pretty generic. I'm just kind of testing models out. Yep. I was doing uh, double master possessions, uh, one with the uh, Demonic Whispers for CP regen and yep, the... Yep. Uh, relic for increased range and an extra cast. So he's just generating tons of CP. He's really great at doing their secondary in the center of the board because uh, he gets to do that end cast in the same turn. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm liking a little bit of a hot take. I actually like Demon Princes without wings. Um, yeah. Just as a little secondary uh, farmer, still hits really hard. And they're just cheap at 145. I, you know, it's just really solid. Um, so two master possessions. The other one's more of a buffing character sitting yep. in the back, a couple cultist squads, little master of executions, loving him. Oh yeah. Nice. Um, That's the first I've heard of him since the changes. What, what are you seeing there? I love him. He's just so cheap. He hits so hard. This is another example, Adam, of like, you know, I put this data sheet up against any other in the game and you know, it's so difficult because everything's so different. But he's 65 points. He's got six attacks, angst strength seven, neg two, two damage. Yeah. And sixes to wound just turn into mortals. And there are a lot of ways to like jank out. Make that go way higher. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. He's like, uh, Dean was a big proponent of him in the previous book because he was like, I could buff him so hard he would like solo Death Stars. I've seen him go in and kill entire units of Rubik Terminators. Uh, just and, his, and he doesn't, yeah. he puts shame on them too. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. How much? How many points does he cost? Oh, just, <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah, he kills, he's just wild. He kills. He kills one Terminator and uh, takes a wound off the other one. Next one, he's got his. He's got his points back right. technically. And you know, we'll talk about it later for sure. But I think one of the biggest issues I have with him is, well, if you take HQ, he's not an HQ. He's an elite now, which is cool. But you definitely want three HQs. I really haven't seen any. Um, anyone Italians without is it. not taking three, yeah, and that already puts you in assassinate range with four. Mm, that's true. And then man. A lot of people are liking Abaddon, so it's kind of like he's great for his points, raw power for sure. But you have to think about you know how many points you're spending on characters and what yeah. you're giving up in terms of secondaries. Yeah. Well, I have the same problem when I when I, when I play Dark Angels because I could I can very easily take five or six characters in a single detachment, and then I look at my list and I'm like, well, I just spent 850 freaking points on characters. Like, what, what am I doing? Um, so biggest, what do you think is, is like one or two of the biggest strengths of this book? Uh, definitely the melee, the, the durability in general. The, yep. Uh, yep. I think on episode one, someone mentioned that they think, you know, maybe the melee killing power went down by a certain percentage and then by the same percentage, the durability went up. And I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, 
chosen having three wounds, everyone else getting their, you know, extra wound, just the massive, like the mm. prayers are make things ultra durable. Mark talked about the uh, light cover aura. And then obviously a lot of pe- people are gravitating towards trans hitman. Um, the five up feeling of pain, which is only warp tribe six, oftentimes five. Yeah, man. And it's just brutal. Black rune is going to be in every list. Neg one wo- to be wounded. I mean, I'm, and you put that's that's across thirty wounds, like of of influence yeah, that you can. Crazy. It's nuts. It's going to be a lot more than thirty wounds too. Yeah, it's when you start resing guys. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot more with uh, healing and resing. Well, so in the previous codex, um, you had killing power for days. I used to joke with um, a bunch of people who played Chaos that like you have all this killing power, you rarely need it because it was so explosive. Like you'd have exploding fives, exploding force to hit and stuff. And so many times you just roll a little bit above average on the fives, and you overkilled by like a hundred percent your target. And so losing a bunch of that killing power isn't that big a deal. Like it's 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 ninth edition. Everything kills everything if you have a decent data sheet. So getting the durability is actually a really refreshing thing to have because right. th- there was no, there was no, there was nothing in this, in the old CSM codex that could take a punch uh, at all. Um, right. The one thing I want to talk about the durability too, or the offensive output. Now it definitely has changed. It doesn't have that explosiveness necessarily unless you, I mean, like Mark talked about earlier, like you can, you can stack whatever you want on these units and yeah. they just go crazy, but realistically it doesn't have that quite the explosive part. Similar to Thousand Suns, though, I, I've played them since they released as well. They really have a resilient type of offensive power. Um, strength 5, neg 3, 1 damage with tons of volume of attacks. That's on the Cursed Weapons, both on Terminators and, and Chosen. Chosen. Yeah. Same with Possessed, who have yep. a similar profile, but lots of attacks. It's really, really hard to mount a defense um, against that type of profile. It, it's always... Yeah going to connect it might not take yeah. down a knight for example in a single uh, yep. round but it's definitely going to do damage like uh, and what we're talking here we're like this is what orcs wish they had right now because orcs yeah, have exactly. like have like maybe 20 30 percent more volume but the way less pro way worse profiles we're talking about they have, you, to, they have to spend points on gas call yeah they have to spend equity into goths and all this you know and then they have to cast warpath to get like to get, to yeah. get there they just yeah these data sheets just have it baked in Mm. Um, so what do you think are some of the biggest weaknesses of this book? You know, I think the biggest challenge, uh, almost across all the legions, um, is getting six inch, five inch infantry on the board in your command phase and leveraging them. Um, you know, I started playing at the end of fifth with gray Knights was my <laughs> first army. strike squads. I mean, it, it was a rough, even back then it was rough just moving six inch Marine bodies across the field. Um, and it, you know, since then it's just been worse and worse and worse. And with all the, you know, Abaddon's command phase buff, um, there are a bunch of command phase buffs in the Warlord traits and relics, and also the Dark Apostle. Obviously, the prayers go off in the command phase. You really, the, the army really asks you to have those infantry on the board right away, yep. not in rhinos, not in yep. deep strike. So it's kind of this tension between have it on the board. But you're only moving five, only moving six naturally. So I think finding ways to get advanced in charge, which is in the book for sure. Yep. Um, growing guys back with the uh, master of possession, which I love to get some extra movement, mm-hmm. um, which is really, I mean, uh, both Terminators and Possess are now on 40 millimeter bases. Terminators yeah. always were, but that's a lot of extra movement. So finding ways to do that and getting your durability through the command phase buffs, I think, is really where, where this book's going to be. 
the challenge for a lot of the legions. How, what do you make of the secondary game? Um, Mark didn't touch it, and, and Dean kind of lamented it. He feels like that's one of the biggest challenges is just being, well, my average predicted score from my codex might be like 10 to 15 points less than the top armies in the game yeah. right now. How do I? Yeah. How do you feel like you circumnavigate that? I don't know. That's. I mean, that's. If if I knew, I'd uh, I'd be a lot better player than I you, was. You keep it but, secret. Keep it safe. You don't don't lie to me. That's fine. Right. I think <laughs> that. I think I I totally agree. Their secondary game is probably you know medium. Um. Even even the best ones in the book like Word Bears ask you to be in the middle of the board, which yeah. you know a, an army like this can do, but. Are you going to take that versus orcs? Are you going to take that versus, you know, dedicated melee armies? Like, yeah. are you that durable or in that confident in the fight phase? So I, I'm just not sure. Definitely I like the psychic ones. And I actually think I liked a lot more initially the uh, the long war, I think yep. it's called. The flipping objectives and to get three points. Yeah, killing yeah. stuff on objectives, yeah, taking yeah. objectives. I liked it a lot more when, it first, when I first read it. It's a little more tame now. The f- the three C- uh, secondary point cap on it really kills it a turn. Yeah. I think it was like four. Well, I'd like it, a lot more. It was mentioned in the previous segment. Dean, Dean was just like, well, that's just capped at a 12, right? Because any good player never lets me get that turn one. Like, just don't, right. like, yeah. Because why, why, why would you bother deploying on objectives when it's just going to possibly, doesn't give you any points unless you need to put up a banner, in which case then yeah. you just walk on and do that, I guess. That's the that's the option you have. But if your opponent goes, if you go first to the CSM player and I'm not deployed on any objectives, you can't possibly score that. Uh, and so that feels like it's bad just having that removed. But once again, as a third pick, just getting a reliable like nine right. to twelve just by and going really through the motions to play in the game. Do a whole lot extra. It's, yeah, it's baked into your game plan. So yeah. I think this is an army that is really going to ask you to, you know, you're going to score your sixty to eighty points, and then your focus as a player has to be on denying, making sure your opponent yes. scores less than yep. you. And not just like, well, I'll let you score 86, go crazy, have fun, I'm going to yep. get 100. That, <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. They can't do that anymore, I don't think. Nah. Um, all right, spiciest tech, in your opinion? Like, spice, the spiciest little bits of tech that uh, you think people need to mm-hmm. know about or watch out for? You know what I love? I'm trying to th- I, I was trying to think of things that other people haven't done. I'm really loving the Disco Lord. I think he's really important for the book in general. Yep. Uh, getting uh, Lookout Sir was really critical for him. In Black Legion, they have a Warlord trait. It's called Soul Eater. It's very similar to Flames of Spite, which I love on Lord Discordance in general. Yep. Uh, gives reroll wounds in melee. And after it kills a model, just a single model in uh, melee in the fight phase, it heals D3. Yeah, well. I pair that with um, the Gorget of something it gives you plus one <laughs> your armor save a four up and vulnerable yes. and then when you die you explode um so he's walking around with a one-up armor save 12 inch movement you know he hits like a truck reeling wounds he's like you know hitting on like neg ones oftentimes gonna be like d3 plus one a turn i mean that's really really hard to take down and he's lookouts yeah. so you yeah. don't have that many phases to shoot him well that's the thing a lot of people have been talking about how crazy offensive you can make disco lords i just look at their data sheet and i'm like what much more do you really need so exactly. how much how much more output do you need from this guy unless you're hunting death stars and terminator right. and stuff like that the thing i love about that one adam is that it unlocked you know you flames of spite so insane yeah um it lets you take flames of spite on something else so like a demon prince who you know hits like a, he doesn't hit like a truck innately he needs like a single world trader relic or whatever to, to get him there yeah yeah so it allows you to spread out the offense a little bit more Mm. You know, we talked about the archetypes a little bit. The models in this army are not like cheap. They're they're pretty expensive. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, I'm off of the two master possession 
HQs and like my lists in general, because I want those units not to be so buffy, but maybe more carry their own weight, at least as well. Fair enough. Um, later in the game. What is your personal favorite uh, list concept? But it doesn't need to be a strong or whatever. It could be triple, you know, Lord of Skulls or whatever. And favorite units right now? Oh my God, that's so easy. Any, any, it's so, it's such a slime dunk, easy answer. <laughs> Anybody that I want, I'll pay money. I want to pay money. I'll pay $50. You have it on air right now, Adam. $50 to whoever gets a turn one Alpha Legion secondary off. Oh. On stream. Oh, oh my god. It's oh my god. Dude, I, I'm I'm in on that. I will double that. I will match that. Hundred bucks. Yeah. Fifty from each of us. You contact Adam, you contact me yeah. on Facebook, whatever, we'll get it there. Yeah. I just it just I don't care if you win, I don't care if you lose. I just want to see it. It's so much fun. <laughs> Please. Never in yeah. the game has there been a, a Sen- meme or slam dunk just Seriously. Send me oh. like if you want, I will try and get your ass on the Thursday show as well. Send me the Alpha yeah. Legion <laughs> list. Send me the event you're going to. I'll get you on the Thursday throw, shout you out and say, This guy's calling his Alpha Legion shot. Everybody, here's the stream he's gonna be on. Or, or or her we're going for it 100 bucks on the line is, yeah. is, is it gonna happen but I'll, I'll see if i can line up joe from war games live to, to I, I to <laughs> joe get over to minnesota <laughs> alpha yeah. legion to go for it <laughs> you know <laughs> okay, it's just uh, so much fun it, I, love I love it, it. Uh, um, yeah. my it's, favorite units uh definitely i love the venom crawlers oh love it fantastic definitely my favorite unit that i've been waiting for a glow up and i was really excited because of their data sheet that was printed in thousand suns is the Mauler fiend um yep. he just hits like a truck now i think he's still a little over costed at 150 i think so yeah he he does hit like a truck he's got good movement he's quite durable with the especially with the negative damage stratagem yep um, so i like him a lot maybe as like he can go in he can go be a counter charger he's got a couple different roles but um definitely just the model i love and i'm really happy to finally get them on the table me too that'd be one of my favorite things forever i was really hoping they'd get a strat or because what one of their old rules was it was a wall crawler it was like yeah. you know it was designed by the tech the crazy tech priest to like crawl up buildings and get in and get at you and stuff and i was hoping it just had some crazy thing that would let it circumnavigate the fact it's got a giant freaking base and it's yeah. very hard for it to get around corners and, and make charges and stuff like that like you can just hide from it or roadblock it and so i was just wishing it had some little thing to make it go a little bit uh better in, in interacting with terrain but i still think it's awesome i still think as yeah. a as a one of maybe a two of especially in yeah. iron warriors if you can pull I, it I off so. and you yeah. get there for sure yeah yeah um, they're no I, joke running around in war bears with like a fork and vulnerable oh dude uh, yeah. ready to pop neg one damage i mean yeah they're legit. um all right jumping down to our last one uh is abby too good is it bad and too good mate what's your opinion so there's a video i think it was tabletop titans or somebody online and they they put a bunch of like the best melee focused hqs in the game like and he he cleaned out like eight of them in a row <laughs> which is ridiculous yeah. um so i don't think he's too good I, I actually think one of my hot takes is that um i think that he's gonna we're gonna see him in more lists than he deserves to yep especially initially yep i loved your last episode with mark because he talked a lot about like units being flexible and applying when they apply pressure which is really you know it's the idea of tempo right yeah abaddon really doesn't do either of those things really well he's he's fundamentally a six inch move infantry on whatever size base you know a box dreadnought base yep so he really doesn't do a whole lot turns one and two other than especially if he's not in black legion i mean if he's not giving a ranged unit, you know, reroll saloon and hit, like he doesn't do a whole lot first couple turns of the game. 
So I don't think he's too good. I think we're going to see him in more or less than he deserves to be initially. Um, the other thing that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about is that when you take Abaddon in not Black Legion or in any Legion, really, it locks you into taking only Black Legion relics. You can't take War Bears relics you have to be or Night Lord's relics yeah. or any other relics if you take Abaddon because he has to be your Warlord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of, <laughs> you know, illegal lists, obviously not intentional, but um, we're going to see him too often initially on. He, he's he's very, very good. He hits like a truck. I think he definitely deserves to be in some, you know, not Black Legion lists, but I don't think he's too good. So the answer is no. Awesome. Good to, yeah, because Dean was of the same opinion. He was like, yeah, uh, for 300 points, I mean, I think in a vacuum, if you just compare data sheets to data sheets, Abaddon has possibly the best data sheet of anybody in the game right now. But in the context yeah. of the game and what he provides, he's not reaching out and destroying anybody from range like Morven Vile can, but he is right. be- he's legitimately way better in combat and harder to remove than she is. Um, but I, so I think there's a there's much as there's, there's a lot to weigh up there. Better than Gilliman, like stands down better than Gilliman. Yeah, I don't think there's much. We're comparing him against Gilliman. Yeah. initially, it's like not even close. But I mean, again, we talked about the CSM secondaries not being super strong. I mean, he really doesn't contribute to almost any. He doesn't score. Yeah, he doesn't um, score on you could, any points, does he? That's right. You could make the argument that he unlocks a little bit the my characters kill your vehicles monsters characters for secondary True. points. Yep. But I mean. That's situationally good, obviously, and you also have to have like at least probably two other characters that really you know bang in melee as well. So mm. um, it's nice to design lists. I've been thinking about lists that have that option, but other than that, you know, other than the kill secondaries, he doesn't really contribute to the weakest part of this book's game, and at least in my opinion. No, that's totally fair enough, dude. And on that note, we will wrap up this segment. Um, you got any big events coming up? You, you're building towards anything in the moment? I'm actually moving to Indiana really soon. Nice. Uh, this month. I'm going to go to uh, an RTT with the book this this weekend, try out some spicy new lists. Actually excited to bring Abaddon in a Black Legion list and try oh, out uh, hell yeah. Yeah, all Marcus Sinesh and just, just you know, get people. Yeah, well, I, I think that's a sleeper as well because they just have a secondary that if you're not ready, just wins the game. Just yeah. Because when you talk about needing to win the primary because your secondary game isn't that good, Black Legion, I think, just gives you that leverage to win the primary, like game after game after game. Yeah, but it's... It's a lot of CP, and you got to set it up really well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm really excited. You know, I think this is the first army, probably in you know the history of the game, that really has like a fights first all across the army that really matters. You know, Slanesh demons had it, but it's a little up in the air how how yeah. competitive we were at any given time. Easy done. Well, dude, on that note, we will wrap this one up. Thank you so much for coming on. My absolute pleasure to have you on, by the way, as well. Look forward to seeing you out there and crushing it. Anything you'd like to mention before we sign off? Absolutely not. I I mean, I want to mention play what you love. Keep going. Look at the positives and the strengths of the book and build around them and just love the hobby. And if you need to take a break like I did for the last couple of months in anticipation for an army that you actually like, do it. And, uh, you know, don't let the game dictate your fun. Dude. Beautiful. Couldn't have said it better myself. On that note, we'll sign out. Hopefully, we'll be back with Vladdy to end this one. And, dude, thanks again, Connor, for coming on. Once again, my absolute pleasure. Look after each other, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. We are back with our final segment for the episode. I have been very lucky and very happy to be able to get a hold of one of the top players in Europe. His name is Vladi. If you have not heard about him, you are probably just about to. The World Team Championships are coming up in a couple of weeks. One of the great reasons um, I love to reach out to some of our 
really unique and flavorful European brothers out there and get their perspectives on some of the stuff, especially in this codex. So, Vladi, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? Fine, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to coming over to Europe and uh, having a good time in a couple of weeks. Who knows? Maybe I'll be seeing you there. I'm not quite sure if you're representing um, Poland this year or not, but either way, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been playing Chaos Space Marines? How long have you been playing Warhammer? I've been playing 40k and Chaos Space Marines 2 for more than 20 years. Uh, I'm quite old, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I'm one, one of the top uh, European, Eastern European players. I'm a competitive player, a tournament player. I've been the captain of Polish uh, national team to European team championship for a few years. Uh, I led the team to to winning that uh, event three times. Wow. I met some top players there. I've beaten Nick Nanavati. I've faced <laughs> Mike Grant, Tony Kopak, TJ nice. Lennigan, uh, and I was able to beat them all. So um, I, I like to think of myself down quite Capable just, players, just a little qualified is what is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, very qualified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they, it's one of the uh, uh, like on my show. It's one of the great things that I, you know I get to kind of shine a light on some of the the parts of our community we don't usually hear a lot about. But Poland has such a unique meta, a unique 40k community. Like your entire calendar year is all about getting national representation, getting the strongest team yeah. possible to the the WTC and things like that. Um, Unfortunately, Chaos Space Marines didn't make the cut um, because, of course, there's a there's a policy at WTC. There's no FAQ, no play. But you're still absolute. You still love this codex, right? You still love Chaos Space Marines. Oh, I love Codex Space Marines. But if you want me to say that I love this codex, well, perfect. No. <laughs> perfect. I, li- I lined you up. Uh, give us your give us your impressions of this book, mate. What what do you think about this Chaos Space Marines codex? I feel better now. It's like you know when you get hit by a truck. Then uh, the, the first weeks are the worst, you know, everything yeah. hurts. And yeah. then things, you, you try to see the brightest parts of life and you, you understand that you're still alive. So yeah. there is something good about it. I love it. Uh, I, I do not like this codex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do, well, you, you know, it, the, the general feeling in our community is this is a basically enough. Mm. Uh, the, the, I don't mind. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there are some powerful things in this codex. There are yep. some uh, crazy combos, and uh, this codex will be afloat on uh, around uh, probably fifty uh, percent win rate um, on majors uh, because there are some good things in it mm-hmm. that will work. But generally, it's not a well-written codex. A lot of flavor was cut out of it. A lot of uh, options were cut out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels tasteless a bit. It feels uh, flat and yeah. a bit boring. I have this general thing. The quickest, the, the most obvious example is is um, uh, taking away jump back option from the Chaos, Chaos Lord. Lord. Yeah. Even though Games Workshop produces Chaos models with jump backs, mm-hmm. uh, basically every single Every single uh, Chaos Space Marine player, uh, Games Workshop customer, was uh, che- a bit cheated with this codex because uh, we all have a few a few models uh, uh, of uh, Chaos Space Marine uh, lords on jump packs uh, with different options, and we kind of well, there's no way of playing them now because 
yeah, I don't know if they announced or are they responding to mails, but they told players that uh, the jump back option will be in Legends. But in, yeah. at least in my community and in WTC, uh, most of Europe plays that you see WTC standard, uh, Legends are not allowed. So yeah. basically, uh, we, I will not be able to play a case based for in uh, World uh, Lord on jump pack for a years to come, or, which is a kick in the butt. Yeah, or lost the, the bike option as well. Is there, is there a Chaos Lord on bike in the book also? No, no. Yeah, no, so that's not, another one. There's no, but it's yeah. just, you know, a pick at the top of the iceberg. Mm. Uh, Chosens were gutted. Uh, a lot of options were gutted. Terminators yeah. were gutted. So basically, the, this is a very bad thing about the Codex. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't very much don't like because um, uh, when you take away options, then yep. the games, uh, the, the game in general feels more shallow, um, less interesting mm. a bit. Yes, yeah, and the the other thing, and this yep. is gonna be controversial a bit. Uh, the other thing that I don't like about the Codex is second wound is actually the additional wound on uh, oh, on missionaries. Yeah. I know that. Dude, Most I, of the community, worldwide community, mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. looking forward to the second one. And I understand that. I was too. But if that comes with increase of price uh, of the model to uh, one-third, almost half uh, increase in points for the model, then suddenly, competitively speaking, uh, it just doesn't... It's not worth it. It's not worth it because... This game is full of either two damage or the uh, units that hit you with mortal wounds, with enough mortal wounds, or uh, one damage weapons, but with huge number of attacks. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't matter if you have the yep. second one, you still die. So, uh, in most cases, those units that were destroyed by those attacks anyway are still gonna be destroyed. Yeah, but you will have you will have to pay. Uh, a lot of more points for them, and I and it's it it's clear when you try to build a list using Chaos Space Marine uh, new codex yep. uh, when you were uh, constantly building the list of previous codex. This 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 difference is huge. The number of models is terribly uh, terribly low. Uh, as I said, I don't like it. I preferred yep. my my Chaos Space Marine when they were hitting hard, yep. hitting hard, yeah, but cheap. Yeah, I could have. They were they had a greater trading value. They they trade better because you knew that they were they're gonna be sacrificed, but they're yep. not expensive. So you could have do, done that. It was it was easy. Now you have to make a lot of difficult choices, and most trades. You do not uh, win because if you if you're trading units, I don't know, possessed for 140 points, mm-hmm. and you are uh, trading with Sister Zerafin unit for 80 points. Yes. Then suddenly those trades do not look in your do not doesn't go yeah. in your favor. That's that, that's that's simple. Yeah. So you're thinking um yeah, so, so points points efficiency in this book is it's not something you value. You don't think it's it's very it's in the right place there, and you don't like that it had had some a lot of the unit options uh, refined or reduced, watered down almost. So you just got less yeah. variety in your list build. But um, 
if you were if you were to build the most competitive archetype or kind of list out of this book, what legion would it be, and what do you think? Uh, what units do you think it has in it? All the the, the our community, uh, which is a well shark tank community, mm-hmm. uh, already came up with some very simple lists that are very powerful. I, I have to admit, you can build a, a terminator unit. That has five plus feel no pain, yep. five toughness, minus one to wound, trans hitman, no rerolls. Uh, you can rise the models and heal models in it, mm-hmm. and they, they have four reels to hit, four reels to wound, and they probably have some other buffs that I've yeah. got. So, so <laughs> yeah. uh, you it's can build your list around, Yeah, uh, you, you can build your list around that that unit. Um, with some support from characters and from uh, a button, uh, add some trading units like talents, like possessed. Some shooting because not everything can be done with combat, and um, and you'll have a list. And it's a yeah. decent list. We have a English player, Danny, who is living in Poland and he's uh, trying Space Marine lately. He came to the tournament that we had uh, this week, uh, yep. uh, one day ago. Uh, with a case marine, space marine list uh, based on Black Legion for Baden and this Terminator unit, some trading units and some shooting. He had four things, I think. And he went 5-0 on the tournament. Perfect. In terms of in terms of win draw lose system, that's huge. But in in our system, it, it, all his wins were small, so yeah. it's, it, it it wasn't that impressive in WTC format that we played. But he d- still did. Went with those five wins, mm. five zero. So um, you can build a list that will win and uh, that will keep the, the win rate of the codex afloat, um, uh, even though there are some things that you may not like about this codex. Yeah. So I've, basically, I've... in short, uh, Black Legion with Abaddon with ten Terminators, some trading units, and some small amount of shooting. Fantastic. Well, that's actually a, a refreshing new take. As well, so the first gentleman we had on was talked about Empress Children. The next one talked about Iron Warriors. The next one has talked about Word Bearers, and now yourself have mentioned Black Legion. So there's a couple of different variations, but like you said, they all starts pretty much with a core of at least one unit of Terminators, and then taking MSU trading pieces or other points efficient units. Now a lot has been made of the fact that it feels like a a um a one-phase army, as in it feels like it does the fight phase extremely well and then it has a bit of a mediocre shooting phase. Do you think that's true? Well, to a point, yeah. Though if you count uh, how many wounds you can inflict from 10 Terminators in shooting when they have full reels to hit and full reels mm-hmm. to wounds and they have minus one because... Uh, there is a stratagem that allows you to, to yep. give them minus one, and uh, they have some uh, adi- some uh, re- reapers or some additional weapons, uh, maybe some combi weapons. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly, suddenly, those shooting from those terminators uh, becomes quite yeah. decent. Yeah. Everything is decent when you have a lot of number, a big number of shots with real hits and real wounds. So, uh, and uh, uh, I do think that uh, every list. And every army should have some shooting because there are things that you that you cannot do with pure combat. 
Um, the simplest reason for that is there are things you prefer to shoot instead of chart because you may get, for example, strike last and yep. the whole battle plan will fail in ruins. So, so um, in my list, I had some uh, multimeter halberds. Uh, Danny is running four things, two of them. So there are some options, uh, hmm. but... Uh, it is true that the close combat uh, aspect is will be dominant. And yeah, it's it's their phase. It's their one they're meant to do really well in, and then the, the other one you have to try and make it make sense for you to for your game plan. Um, it does look that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. jumping in is um, what's your personal favorite list? If you were to write the list for Vladi, the one hundred percent one you think you'd enjoy playing the most, what would that list look like? That's uh, it's a difficult question because uh, I don't want to run Terminators. They're slow. Yeah. I don't yeah. like everyone to run about on his slow. He's, he's decent, and but he's slow. I prefer to build something else, and I'm actually trying to build something else, but it's it always going to be some unit with Rune or with that relic uh, and something built around it. And there's a local tournament uh, in, in coming week, and I will be playing in, in a weekend coming weekend and i'll be playing there a mixture a soup of uh, knights and uh, chaos space marines nice. um, uh, actually this is the the combination that i've been playing for two years two three years i started in in pandemic building up the list uh, gathering collecting models uh, painting them and i ran them with some success so uh, i ever liked that 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 uh, build there was uh, knights size five up of extra knights they give you fire support and uh, trade a good number of trading units from K-Space Marines. And I'm trying to replicate that with um, with a new codex. I'll be probably taking either Warbeers or Creations Bile because they seem like the best options if you only want to trade. You don't want yeah. to... And any stand unit, you don't want any brick unit, you just want to trade with infantry, then uh, the creations and, uh, and, uh, and the war period seems the best. So I'll be tr- trying that out and see how that goes. I think that actually sounds uh, really uh, exciting. Yeah, actually, the Gunhammer published like two or three times. Uh, the, 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 the list of mine with the previous codex uh, with some comments. Um, it was a decent list, and I'll be trying to to replicate its success with the new colleagues. Dude, exciting! Really exciting. Uh, jumping down to any spicy tech. So you talked about there's some very strong combos. Are there any combos that you think people aren't talking about or haven't noticed yet that you think might make a big impact out of this book? Yeah, man, uh, th- those kinds of devices are pricey, you know. Yeah, well, there are some. Uh, you can, uh, the interesting part about this codex, it's actually interesting. It just, uh, you don't know, me, don't know me well, but if I'm saying something is interesting, then, well, it must have something because I'm yeah. very, um, very pessimistic about everything else Workshop does. So basically, there are some very interesting options uh, in how you can build your close combat monsters. And uh, Space Marines, uh, we were told uh, we, 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 uh, Abaddon is uh, a monster on himself, but you can take a prince or a, a lord on discordant and give them relics and traits. 
to create a, a post combat monster. And there are a few options actually to do that. Uh, my preferable one at this point is uh, Nurgle uh, Demon Prince with uh, auto wounding and denying funeral pains and uh, yep. additional attack and reels to hit. And but there are a number of builds that you can make with those Demon Princes or, or Lord Discordance uh, that are very powerful. And um, you can make one that you like. Uh, both uh, most of the most of demonic weapons are good. Yep. Uh, there are some very nice traits to go along with those uh, demon weapons. So I can see some nice um, uh, combinations there. As I said, a combination of reeling hits and plus one attack plus plus. Uh, the, the demonic weapon that allows you the, the Nurgle one that allows you to auto wound and yeah so that's a nice combo but there are other like uh, slam with a lot of attacks and mortal wounds and sixes to yeah. real wound but there are some interesting options the the corn demon weapon is also interesting so uh, if you want to look for some interesting combos you can definitely make a, a combat monster uh, and, traits and relics. And to your point, they're a lot faster than Abaddon, uh, that Demon Prince and the, the Lord Discorder. So they probably fit your build a little bit better. Uh, moving on to our last question. Is Abaddon too good, in, do you think? Well, no. I Actually, I, 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 when I when you sent me the question, at first I read is is Abaddon any good? <laughs> <laughs> we can start there if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and actually, I think that's the, the right question. He's not too good. He's the, the, the first, uh, uh, you know, thing that I that came to my mind was: Is he any good? Mm. He's he's very good. He's he's like a track. He has a lot of uh, yeah. abilities, and he gives powerful buffs to Black Legion units and to other legions as well because he helps real to hits to everything. So he's very good, though. He costs a lot. Yeah, he's very slow. Mm -hmm. uh, if you build uh, your army about Terminators, uh, Abaddon, and some supporting characters, then you have like up almost half your army in that. Yeah, so that's a lot. And he still can be killed in a single turn if you have a nice combination of damage that you can inflict in different phases, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like uh, fly run with, with Obliterax. Uh, from especially Kraken one because he can get he, he can solo him very easily, uh, kills him in one turn, or he's a very, or, or at least has a very good chance of doing that. Yeah. Some smite, some uh, some psychic scream and uh, and uh, psychic face, uh, mortals in charge, and he's dead. He's just dead. dead. Yeah, exactly right. So, I so there are a lot of options uh, in the system now that kills him in one turn, and if. Even if not, then uh, you can kill him in two turns too. So uh, he's expensive, slow, but a very decent choice. I don't think he's overpowered. Beautiful. That's well. Every everyone has said the same thing now. Uh, everyone said, "Yeah, he's good. He's probably worth taking a lot of the time, but he, he's just slow." And you got you got and good players can make him not that good because uh, you, you can play around him if yeah. you want and. If you have the tools to kill him, you can solo him and kill him. So yeah, you can just wait, wait, wait. That, not that much. Yeah. Um. So all right. Uh, I think were you one of the gentlemen who was making the uh the summoning renegade knights very famous? Well, summoning renegade knights. No, that's that's Duda. I think. Yeah. One of our teammates. 
I was wondering if you you tried a baton with uh, Renegade Knights out over there. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Because he like uh, over here, we're like, well, because you could just then you just throw every knight at your opponent, and a baton just defends your backfield. Because nobody is going to get your home objectives away from a baton. Like if he's there, uh, he's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, on that note, we will wrap it up, dude. Thank you very much for coming on. You've been an no absolute problem. pleasure. Um, what's the podcast um, you're sometimes on over there in Europe? If people want to catch a little bit more from yourself and That's some of your, the great contact, contact lost at Twix and Jokers, contact lost. Yeah, great, great friends of the channel, great friends personally of mine, myself. Um, I actually hit up Tweak asking, like, is there any, who, who's the top Chaos Space Marine player we could have on to get some uh, European perspective? And uh, he hit me up with Laddie and put me in contact. So thank you so much for coming on again, mate. My absolute pleasure, to, pleasure. to have you on. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Throw down some dice. Are you playing? Actually, in- I actually won't. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I some work issues came out. Uh, came oh, up, no. um, Unfortunately, cannot come. I am actively uh, preparing my team for the tournament, but but I personally cannot come on from fate this year. I'll be I'll be there next year unless something happens. Are you, you going to call your shot for, for for the team Poland? Is Poland going to win? Well, obviously, Wales. <laughs> we are the best. We are the best winning team. Uh, we won. We're the best team. Uh, if you take all the additions of uh, yeah. TC, WTC. We're the best team out there, so yeah, we are like <laughs> Brazil on 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 uh, the, the World Cup. World Cup, you know. Yeah. We always go for the first place, and everything else is a disappointment. So, if, if those of you who do not know, Poland has won more WTCs, has got more podium finishes, has got the best result of any national team in the world. So that's what he means when he says they are the Brazil, the World Cup. They're that always a team to beat. If you can beat Poland, you're a legitimate team, and usually Poland beats you. So on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you very much again for coming on, mate. Please go and check out. Thank you very much. Thank more from Vladi and the boys over on Contact Lost. And yeah, go out and enjoy the Chaos Space Marine book. Dude, thank you very much for coming on. Enjoy the rest of your day, my man. And yeah, sorry you can't make it for WTC, but I look forward to rolling dice with you one day. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40k. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.